Welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast, the podcast where we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope that it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors of sexual abuse too. We hope that you find it interesting, but more than that, if you are a survivor of sexual abuse, we hope that you find our discussion empowering. Hello, my name is Alan Collins. I'm the partner who heads up the abuse team, James, and I'm joined by my colleagues, Kathleen Hennessy and Hannah Hodgson. Hi, everyone. Hi, Alan. Hi, Hi Hannah. Hi, Hannah. Welcome to this latest podcast. And before we get underway, I need to remind everyone that we are discussing sensitive issues concerning child abuse and of course that can be upsetting and so if you feel that the content may be distressing in any way now's the time to switch off and go and do something else otherwise please do stay with us in this podcast we are going to be discussing the spread of a1 generated child sexual abuse images online and all the issues that flow from that and the challenges that are being faced by law enforcement, government and so on. I think we've spoken in the past about the reality that perhaps those on the side of law and order are always having to try and catch up with the latest developments in crime when it comes to the generation of sexual abuse images and in particular those concerning children and of course many of you will be familiar with the UK's online safety act and the purpose behind that to try and get ahead of the curve so to speak. Kathleen and I were discussing the other day the research in Australia were we not where there's Mm -hmm. these huge statistics demonstrating that there is this interest on the part of adult males in sexual abuse or put it neutrally as I can in children and I think what we're finding and you'll help me on this Hannah is that there's real concerns that A1 generated images of child sexual abuse is really on the rise. Yeah exactly Alan so um, I think as you've just mentioned probably in the last year or so since AI has you know been increasingly used the more AI platforms is it chat GPT um, has has been a really popular one that came into force um, last year. It's really been raising a lot of concern. I think it's because experts are saying, you know, it's developing very fast and it's, you know, developing faster than authorities can really respond to it. So what we've seen recently is obviously the risk that it's posing to child sex abuse. We've seen this week new data being released about the increase of AI being used in schools to create child sexual abuse images. So stopping you there, Hannah, perhaps you can answer this, Kathleen. Mm. I don't understand. So how is it that this technology, A1 technology, can be used by these offenders to create these images? How, How does it? As I understand AI, it's obviously artificial intelligence, and it can really quickly generate pretty much any data that you want it to. As I understand it, once you have submitted a picture or any data to AI, it's sort of out there forever. And then anyone else who uses AI can then use that to change the images. So I know a lot of people, you know, 
concerning children so they they're saying basically because I've seen a lot of things on TikTok saying you know use this AI app to make it you know you can make a picture of yourself to see what you'd look like as an elderly person or as a young person and I've seen a lot of people say well no actually don't do that because once your face is on there people that can then use that to create harmful images that's how I understand it. Yeah, I mean, that's my understanding as well. I don't know, obviously, the ins and outs of the technology and how it works. I think it's kind of similar to deep fakes, isn't it, really, that are used sometimes in that they can take an image from the internet of a child and then use that in however these platforms work to be able to manipulate that child, their image, into sexual abuse being perpetrated upon them. Well, I remember quite a few years ago now going on a course run by the police and they were showing us what I think everyone in the audience, being included, thought were innocent birthday party photographs. It was just, you know, kids, uh, what seemed to be like a, a birthday party. But apparently the police were able to tell from these photographs, which, as I said, looked like perfectly innocent photographs of this child's birthday party. There's lots of children, there's cake and food and all the rest of it. And there's also some adults in the background, one assumed they were parents or relatives or the police were explaining how these were particular photographs taken for the pure purpose of then circulating somehow or other on the black web or whatever it was called at the time. So the pictures of the children, yeah, pictures of the children, so that they could be adapted in some way, or children sort of marketed in in some way, you know. So you're sort of extraordinarily awful, you know, just it's beyond all comprehension. So it sounds to me as though this is the 2023 upgrade, quote unquote, on what was going on, or what has been going on for quite a number of years now. Mm. I mean, I think it's really frightening to think that any image that's out there could be used or an image of your child could be used to Mm. perpetrate sexual abuse on the image itself and you know I think it's something that some parents are aware of maybe not all in terms of posting pictures of their children on social media Facebook Instagram TikTok etc but maybe there isn't as much awareness of that as there potentially needs to be. But there also appears to be the fact that youngsters are doing it themselves. Yeah, but I I mean, I was thinking about that, and I think that kind of speaks to, in my mind, what I first thought of was kind of the sexualization of children from a very young age and what they're being exposed to online. Mm. You know, I think there's some data around children see their first pornographic image on Twitter, i.e. X, of all places, and often... You know, that's younger than the age of 11. They're seeing, you know, pornographic images. So, I mean, there's lots of research and data into the huge number of sexual assault cases involving young people that are involving strangulation, which are things that they're seeing on extreme pornography or anal rapes, et cetera, which things that they're seeing on pornography. So that speaks to what children are being exposed to that then in turn maybe perhaps desensitizes them to the idea of creating AI, showing child sexual abuse. Very terrifying. And so what's being done? There's been a lot of child protection charities. So I know the data that I found online was released by UK Safe Internet Centre. So they are basically urging schools to put better filtering and monitoring systems into effect to try and block illegal material coming into devices that are in their schools. I mean, I guess it's really difficult you know, all children these days 
mostly have mobile phones and iPads and things like that. So it's it's a really you know tricky thing to monitor for schools. I'm I'm guessing. Sure is. The problem is, 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 as we discussed in previous podcasts, is the fact there's this risk of normalisation all the time. And it's seen as OK behaviour when quite clearly it isn't OK behaviour. Far from it. It's the opposite of that. It's, it's the way these things are sort of presented and what is being done visibly and vocally to say, no, it's not OK. I'm particularly thinking of children and young people who may innocently be doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing. Would you see what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, again, there's this blurring between kind of the real world and the virtual world. And for today's kind of children and young people, there isn't really a separation for them of those two worlds the way that there might be for people of other generations. But I think in turn, what that tends to do is create a kind of desensitization around what is okay behavior, as you're saying, what isn't, what's harmful, what's abusive. And of course, there's again be the potential, isn't there, for litigation, because you can easily see that people are going to end up getting hurt as a result of all of this. And questions are going to be asked as to, well, how is this able to happen? And I think the pressures are so great on IT companies, web providers, web hosts, and all this kind of thing, that if their action ends up proving to be inadequate, someone somewhere, whether in the UK or the States or elsewhere, is going to start looking at litigation. Yeah, there was a there was an article on the BBC, I want to say last week, and the name escapes me, kind of, you might know, it was a kind of online chat forum that ended up being shut down. And it was essentially kind of a beautiful paradise. And it was started by this young guy in the States. And some lawyers in the States took on the case and they used a kind of novel legal argument. In this case, the legal argument was that the design itself of the platform was defective and therefore exposed children to grooming and abuse. And I thought that was a really interesting argument. And I wonder if that's a kind of a legal avenue moving forward. Perhaps in this country, obviously it's been done in the US. Um, I can't recall now whether that um, case actually went to trial. I think the... The plaintiff was awarded quite a sizable sum of compensation. And whether that was through the settlement or through um, the jury, I'm not sure. But she was clearly successful in the case. You know, it was a very sizable award of compensation. Completely different to compensation in the UK, but that's by the by. Oh, I've just found it. I couldn't think of the name of it because it wasn't, I've heard of it before. In fact, I heard of it from a, a client who's daughters unbelievably ended up on it talking to when they were quite young talking to somebody some much older man so yeah it's a omegal um, if that's how you pronounce it was shut down and sorry i think you're right to say that that there was an award to the to the plaintiff in that case but i'd have to take a look at that but i mean i suppose that's a maybe separate podcast for another day but in terms of the the amount of compensation mm. that's awarded in, in the u.s versus here when it comes to cases of child abuse and why that is really, in my view, has largely to do with jury trials versus judge trials. Yeah, well, it's, you can see if this continues in the direction that it's sadly travelling in, that someone is going to resort to litigation if they get seriously harmed as a result of this um, misuse of A1 to generate decent images out of themselves or their child, for example, you know, maybe a parent who brings the litigation because there's obviously increasing awareness that this is obviously happening. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, I think it just feels like we're just always playing catch up. Yeah. And I don't know how we ever 
everything or get ahead of the curve when it when it comes to that i think there needs to be much more by the way of public information and education not mm-hmm. just for the children but for everybody yeah yeah because you you know because people innocently are going to get harmed otherwise mm-hmm. yeah i completely agree i mean just to give some figures the internet Watch Foundation, who's another organisation that looks out for child protection online, they found that in September this year alone, 3,000 AI-created images of child abuse were shared on the dark web. And of those images, just under 1,400 were aged between 7 and 10 years old. And these included images and videos of rape, sexual torture and bestiality. So, you know, it's a really serious issue. And it is really scary you know technology is a big part of a lot of children's lives and that's only going to increase you know ai has become very popular i know with children and as i say just even being on apps like tiktok it's sort of everywhere at the moment so well hopefully they can find a way of using ai itself to combat its misuse yeah all right so on that note thank you very much both of you thank you for tuning in of course and so as always please do tune in next week to our next podcast if in the meantime you have any thoughts questions please do not hesitate to get in touch with us but it's goodbye from me it's goodbye from anna and it's goodbye from Kat. thanks guys bye everyone thank you for listening to this episode of hj talks about abuse you can subscribe to our podcast on itunes spotify or your favorite podcast player If you'd like to speak to us about something you've heard today, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at aboutabuse at hjtalks.co.uk.